We've got some morale back on this week's Thoughts from the Shade. The turf failed on the Eagles, and oddly enough, it disappeared on TFTS. We will answer some listener questions and check in on the spot in the shade line. We've got bone to pick of the week and a new segment, Flower Hour. Here we go. Welcome back, everybody. It's episode 83 of Thoughts in the Shade. Don't forget, wherever you're listening, leave us that five-star review and share this podcast with someone that you think might like it. We're about a week removed from the tough loss in the Super Bowl. We're moving on. We're moving forward. We're bringing some good vibes back to the airwaves. And Bomb is over here. Counting down the days. Can you hear the bells, man? Can you hear the wedding bells? No, but I can hear the my fingers falling off from typing in to a linked Excel document the number of chickens and salmon and fucking filet and the whole thing. So, you know, everyone says it, gee, everyone says, oh, yeah, you know, the last few weeks before really just suck because it's just like you get slammed with every request right away. And you'll laugh and you'll laugh and you're like, oh, that sucks. That sucks. And then you get there and it's like 10 times worse than people described. It's horrific. Like, <laughs> horrific. Like, the I called the limo guy. The limo guy's mailbox is full. I'm melting down a week out, gee. Where's the limo guy? Mailbox, full. Got to email the guy. He's got a different number now. That's a little, that's a little shady. Are you going to be there next Saturday, Suspect. Bob? So yeah, you know how it is. It's all, it's all, it, yeah. It's but whatever. It's gonna be what's gonna be. You might need to hit up uh, our great friends. Quick plug at Menard Premium Detailing, uh, the best auto detail service in Bucks County, located in Warminster, PA. They're on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and at MenardPremiumDetailing.com. But. My boy Grant, he's got the Sprinter van, man. He's been taking me all over. We had transportation for our Super Bowl party. We were up at Penn State. Uh, They they take care of business. So, I mean, if you get in a pinch, that's that's the guy to call, no doubt. Wow. Wow. I love it. Yeah, man. Well, let's let's get to it. Uh, Oddly enough, I mean, you killed it last week on the turf rant. We got a lot of great feedback from the listeners, from our followers, lot of messages um and and it was it was a real pick-me-up for people honestly Uh, if you haven't listened go back episode 82 it's time stamped in the description uh if you want to hear more about sodgate but oddly enough the clip on instagram did well and it did well enough that we received uh some feedback an instagram direct message uh from let me pull this up from Tahoma 31 Bermuda. Uh, I don't want to give anybody's name out. Uh, somebody with Sod Production Services. Uh, somebody that owned the license to Tahoma 31. Uh, the grass that was used in Super Bowl 57. The grass that's used at the link. It's a winterized grass bomb. You did the whole breakdown. Uh, but the long and the short of it is they were interested in speaking with us. 
potentially coming on the podcast. Uh, it didn't work out. Ultimately, like the turf failed the Eagles, uh, the turf disappeared on us. But I think the only thing, you know, without getting into specifics, um, and again, I think our our issue was more with the Sodfather, more so than Tahoma 31. The grass at the link is fantastic. Uh, but I, I think it was a tough week for the brand uh, for Tahoma 31. And I just wanted to drop this nugget in as we were kind of discussing a potential conversation. They said, we can't exactly name drop uh, or throw powers that be under the bus, if you understand. Uh, so I think it would have made for an interesting conversation. I think that little tidbit tells you more than you need to know. But I actually, I told you this, Bob, and I, I spoke with my old man. You know, I'm always bouncing things off the old man. He's a wise, wise old guy. And I told him about the, the contact, and he said, he said, you know what, you might not hear back because once once that fire dies down, they don't want to reignite it. So uh, if we ever need a PR guy in the future, it might, might have to be uh, G Senior. But a- any thoughts on our, on our comms with Tahoma 31 or, or final thoughts on maybe the Super Bowl or anything? No, I mean, I think TFTS was one of the first the first pods out there that was breaking down Sodgate. I mean, I can tell you we had it out there before many of these other more widely shared podcasts. So, you know, rest assured, your boy Bomb, your boy G, we're going to do our homework. We're going to try to get it out there. We're going to research it. We're going to get it out there as soon as we can. Uh, so keep tuning in. But, yeah, to your point, G, I mean, at the end of the day, nobody's looking to harm anybody's business, which which I don't I don't think we did last week. I think we... We simply made the joke around, uh, you know, Tahoma, the, you know, what, what does that really mean? Slippery water, icy, 31 points from the Chiefs offense. Kind of make a light of it. At the end of the day, um, uh, it, it's clear, you know, that that you mentioned it. The link used it in the NFC Championship game. I'll tell you, the field didn't look better. Um, that was the best I think the link has ever looked. Um, uh, the players played fast on that turf. You get out to Arizona, you get old man time out there with his cane and his Chiefs Super Bowl rings. He probably, you know, dropped a few too many ryegrass seeds, you know, in the in the middle of the field, and that's that's what shook out. So, look, I get it. No, 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 uh, no hard feelings with Tahoma. Um, you know, the 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 hate, the scorn. That's that's towards, uh, you know, towards George Toma. And um, I think did I mention it to you? And uh, maybe I shared it on Instagram. Remember the uh, the misinfor- the turf misinformation tweet that I mentioned last week? Yep. We got George Toma's wife, can't be his wife, daughter on Twitter <laughs> retweeting the turf misinformation tweet that I'm that I found in the middle of battle like halftime? Like what is going on here, man? Do they all listen to TFTS? What's going on? Yeah, it's uh it's crazy it got to that level uh misinformation on turf man the internet this this world we live in is a crazy place but no dude you did a, you did a great job you did all the homework on that uh and people got to understand bomb and g we're we're nine to fivers man we're fans we're nine to fivers we're, we're, we're the working folk we're just here to give you what you need to know every week or, or give you something to, to take a load off with um and you know, maybe that's why we're not always the first to it, but I think Sodgate, uh, we, we might have been one of the first and, and certainly one of the best. So well done to you. Uh, but we got to we gotta move along from football. I'm not watching the XFL. 
Uh, that doesn't scratch the itch whatsoever. We got some things coming down the pike. Phillies are getting getting dialed up. Uh, college basketball conference tournaments coming soon. But uh, we want to have some fun this offseason. Maybe get some new topics, some new segments we'll get to. Uh, obviously, we always want to hear from the people. So we, we, we came out uh, an evening late this week. So I, g- I gave the people some time to submit some questions, dial into the spot in the shade line. So we got we got a couple questions here. Now, Bob, did you get, get a chance to, to view the Instagram questions in advance? Uh, I might have paged through them, but none, none stood out. I know I was getting killed for for wedding stuff, but yeah, I didn't see anything other than that. All right, I just I just wanted to make sure I wasn't uh, get, getting you all un, unprepared um, or, or I'd be willing to answer questions first. But the first question submitted on Instagram uh, is directly at you, and, and as you stated, directly regarding uh, your upcoming wedding. Uh, the, the countdown is certainly on, uh, but we got a question from a listener. This is a very important question. I asked you this question over the weekend. We were playing some golf, great weather, uh, great to get outside, bomb, hit the ball well. But uh, got to break your stones with this one. Will Bomb be allowed to do the pod post nuptials? I mean, it's a fair question. You know what I mean? In, I'm in the midst of a move. In the midst of a move into a, maybe a small, smaller home, a town home, shared walls, shared walls. Gee, you know the neighbors are fucked. So. <laughs> I think it's more the neighbors that are going to have an issue. Um, no, but, you know, you move in with the old lady and what you do, you know, you you grab her phone and you just hit subscribe and you add another listener and you add a review and you keep it moving. I, I think bigger and better, man, bigger and better. No doubt the bomb's going to keep keep ripping this thing. That's what I love to hear. I, I, I didn't have any doubts, but, I you know, if, if the answer was going to be any different or, or if we had uh, – we had the wife to be maybe barge in with a, a message to the Instagram account. You know, she she's smart. She she knows G might have cut the check a little light uh, in in a couple weeks here. But now we we need you. Uh, we're looking forward to, to having you. Looking forward to your big day. Obviously, you did really well and uh, super happy for the both of you. It's gonna be gonna be a blast. But uh, without being too fucking sappy, um, let's move along to question number two. This is a good one. Uh, please describe your most embarrassing moment as an athlete. Now I have a plethora of these. So if, if you'd like, I could lead us off. That's a good question. Um, I guess before we even, before we even dive in, let's just specify this. Is this like a team embarrassment? Cause I've been in plenty of them. Is it like an individual embarrassment? Is it is it both? Is it you want one on one? I guess what are what are we looking for here? I mean that's that's verbatim what the question is. Um, I I was thinking more in individual. Uh, I'm I'm honestly just uh, honored that that this person thought I was an athlete at any point in my life. Uh, so I'll, I'll take that there. But I can think of a lot. Like I, I saw this question earlier today. You sit around, you drive around, drive home from work. You're thinking, all right, which one should I share for the pod? But uh, I, I was cut from from JV basketball in eighth grade. I was cut from varsity baseball in, in high school as a junior. Um, that that one stung a little bit. I thought I had pretty good stuff on the bump, uh, but I, I was a little guy, a little skinny guy with a big head. 
didn't throw very hard, just, just knew how to locate it and knew how to throw junk. But of course, like the high school coach is a teacher at the school. So this guy just like had to be in the classroom with kids for like eight hours. And then he's got to come out and watch me throw off an AstroTurf mound in a basketball gym. And if I'm not pumping it up on the radar gun, I, I don't blame the guy for not, for not wanting me. So, you know, you, you look back and, and you understand why. Um, I have hit a golf ball backwards. That's been done. Uh, my friends can attest to that one. We, we did that down in Ocean City, Maryland. Uh, but I'd have to go back, and again, to, to baseball, uh, that's kind of what I guess played the most or got the farthest with. Couldn't hit. Uh, grounded out to second base as a lefty 5,000 times in my life. Couldn't hit, hit for a lick, but I thought I was pretty good on the bump. And uh, when I was, I want to say, 10 or 11 years old, uh, I was, let's say I was, you know, recruited, um, for the lack of a better word, by, by Tri-Township, right? So Tri-Township was like oh, the yeah, elite. Tri- that was like the area code games before the area code games for like 10 to 12-year-olds. Right. So Tri-Township was like the elite travel baseball team, like in Bucks County, Montgomery County, you know, so they, they had the best of Newtown. They had the best of Doylestown. They had the best of, I don't know where, where they were, Wrightstown or whatever. So uh, in the fall one year, the, the Tri-Township coach was like, hey, come play fall ball and then come play for the team. And I was like, all right, like, this is cool. Like, you know, to, to be uh, poached from, from, from good old D-Town uh, to, to play with the big boys and Played a little bit of right field, played a little bit of a left bench, uh, didn't get any hits, you know, just totally stunk. Wasn't a player on the team. We won the state championship. I was I was along for the fucking ride. So I went back to Doylestown next year. You know, you, you want to get in the infield, you want to get up in the order, you want to get on the bump, right? So I go back to Doylestown the next year. And, and remember, this is Little League Baseball, but uh, I'm on the bump. I get to start. We're playing Tri-Township the very next year, and I'm on the bump. Uh, and you know, I'm, I, I gotta get these guys back. I'm all fired up. I'm feeling good. I'm having a good year. You know, I'm, I'm again, like more, more in a star role, uh, here, here in small town, Pennsylvania, playing little league baseball. I got absolutely fucking throttled, uh, by Tri Township, uh, when I, when I pitched against them for D town. I think, and like our coach back in the day, he did the lineup card, and then he did the position uh, horizontally on the chart, and he had me in his P for like four or five innings. I don't even know if I got through one. I gave up like two home runs. There, there were doubles, and it was like whiplash watching these kids run around the bases, and I'm like 11 years old. I was in the dugout. The tears were coming down. It was it was a total disaster. Uh, that, that was definitely embarrassing. And then a, a little bit older, uh, you know, we had we had the East West rivalry, and we we played on the the rival travel teams and whatnot. And and I gave up a walk off to to a guy from across town. That 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 was a tough one as well. Um, so so just being on the bump. Um, and obviously, obviously that's probably why the, the varsity coach didn't take me back in the day. But just getting lit up on the bump, uh, by by your old team, and then uh, and then for a walk off. Those were two pretty pretty low moments in my life. Man, that's that's uh, gee, I didn't know you had a little Aaron Nola in you, man. That's that's wild. <laughs> yeah, big game hunter. And you would think that you would think that your 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 high school teacher who's coaching the baseball team would realize like 
at at that at that stage of the game where you're you know skinny, you got the high school body, your head was still an adult head. So the ability to hide that baseball behind that fucking dome, I mean, are you, are you kidding me? The Houston Astros could use it right now. They'd get that spin rate up. They'd say, "Gee, just throw the ball directly behind that big fucking dome." Dude, I, I'd be a perfect number five. I, I'd eat innings. Um, I mean, it, it wasn't all bad. The whole, the career wasn't all bad. I had I had some good moments on the bump. Uh, I, I I had an ump call a strike when I hung a curveball and it and it fell over the plate. The kid ducked his head over the plate and it hit him on the head. The kid started trotting first. Said ump said, "Nah, that's a strike." So that that was a good moment. I threw a no hitter one time. We still lost the game two to one. I walked a kid and then we had a hard grounder go go between the second baseman's legs into the gap. So. It wasn't all bad, but uh, th- those those were some pretty tough times for Young G. I got I I have so many embarrassing moments. It's like hard to even narrow down to two, um, one or two. I'll give you a couple funny stories though. Um, I don't think I was I was never really a good basketball player, or hockey player, or soccer player, or any of that. Um, but I played them all growing up. But baseball is the one that stands out because it's like such a sport of failure. And like, that's why I don't really consider it like the stories you told. I don't really consider like embarrassing because like, unless you're a dude that's going to the show, like you, you've had that happen to you in like youth sports, no matter how good you are. Um, I'll tell you my, probably my biggest like welcome to college moment was we're playing, we're playing, you'll laugh at this. We're playing this team. We got them circled on the schedule. So, you know, the way this works in college baseball is you get a, you get a few weeks in the fall where you they call them fours. So you, you're in like four-man sets, and you come in and you work out for an hour. You get a little fall season. Then the minute you come back from um, – <laughs> the minute you come back from winter break, we, we start our indoor training. So basically Monday and Tuesday, we, we have practice starting at 5 a.m. till like 7.30 or 8. Wednesday, we have practice from 10 o'clock at night to, to midnight. Thursday and Friday, we have practice from 5 a.m. to 7.30 or 8. Saturday and Sunday. So, like, there's, like, literally, like, I think the only off day was maybe Sunday. But it was, like, flip-flop, flip-flop, where, like, if you got home at 12, 12.30 on Wednesday, you were back at the fucking building at 4.45 the next day. Like, there was no sports science at the side. Like, we put the science in the courses, but not in the sports. So we have a team of like ragtag fucking bums, bunch of drinkers playing division two baseball. And I can tell you, there weren't too many weight room, uh, you know, settings or we did a ton of, like we ran more than a fucking track team. Like we, we did everything but play baseball in our fucking workouts, which makes no sense. I watched the Phillies. You flip on the spring training. These guys are taking ground balls or hitting off tees or taking front toss live ABs. It looks fantastic. I'd love to go to spring training. Instead, I'm in a gym, a basketball gym in fucking January, dragging a pitcher who's six foot three, 240 pounds. He's wrapped around me like a goddamn koala bear, and I'm dragging him across the baseline of the basketball court. So we're doing these bullshit fucking drills all fucking off season, and we get it, we finally get the schedule. The schedule's published. We're playing against Slippery Rack University out in like. Western PA, they're uh, they're a uh, uh, PSAC school, Division Two PSAC school. So, so one of my buddies, you know, he starts. He's like, "We are gonna fuck them up. We are gonna kick their fucking teeth in." So the entire offseason, we're calling them slippery cock. 
And let me tell you something. There was no slippery. There was nothing slippery about the cock that they gave us on opening day. Um, we might have gotten beaten in a doubleheader, like fifty to eight. Uh, the dude who was playing on their team, Matt Adams, you might remember him. He played for the fucking Cardinals and Nationals. I think hit four home runs in the day, including three in one game with like fourteen RBIs. He had been drafted the year before in like the twentieth round by the Yankees. And then I'm sure they released their schedule and he said, you know what? We're playing the Psy opening day. Let me come back and try to improve that draft stock. So I'm a freshman and, you know, we go down 20. So it's time for Bomb to come in and get his get his feet wet and get an A.B. So uh, so I, 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 you know, start start getting loose. And I go up to the plate and uh, and and they bring in now I'm a left handed hitter. I've never, nor will I ever, hit a left-hander in anything that I do. And uh, frankly, um, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to step up to the plate, and uh, and they br- they bring in a lefty out of the pen. They're they're up twenty. They're they're going matchup <laughs> on a fucking hundred and sixty-five pound <laughs> freshman, right? So I'm looking at this guy warm up, and I go, "You got to be fucking kidding me! He's throwing." Missiles, missiles. So I watched two dick high fastballs go right down the middle for probably 94, 95. <laughs> I choke up on the bat and I go, all right, I got him timed up. I got him timed up. And I take a fucking hell hack. The ball might have went, the, the pitch might have gone 55 feet. It's a, it's a Ryan Howard slider in the other batter's box. I fucking walk back to the dugout, take a seat. That's my welcome to college moment. I looked this guy up after the game. I go, how the fuck? Where the hell are you getting these guys? This guy's not, he's not even the starting pitcher. Coming out, throwing like 95. Who the hell is this guy? He just transferred in from the SEC. He last pitched to Kentucky. I go, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> so that was my, that was my welcome to college moment. I'd say the biggest embarrassment, biggest team embarrassment, that same trip. Again, the the winter workouts were outrageous. None of us were prepared to play. We didn't have like 30 guys on a roster. We probably had like 19, which is like a high school team, not a college team. We get down to Florida. We immediately start inner squads. So this is the day before that game against Slippery Cock. We start inner squads. We're playing double headers against each other to get live ABs. I think two of our pitchers blew out their shoulders, tore their labrum. Um we ended up over over the course of that week, we played nine games in five days. So the last game in that five-day stretch is uh, against Westchester University. And Joey Wendell was on the team, the kid who plays for the Rays. And uh, I think the final score of that game, we had nobody left. We had, like, we had no one left to pitch. The final score of that game was 33-2. to two. We got our fucking teeth kicked. I did score a run. I got a hit and scored a run. <laughs> I got a hit and scored a run. So we get fucking obliterated. Like guys are on fumes. We can't even move our bodies. Like, and if you if you guys are listening, you go on like a golf trip and you play like, you know, 36 holes in a day, followed by 18, followed by 18, like day three or four, you're fucking dragging. Like you are sore. Everything hurts. Imagine doing that playing baseball, nine games in five days, getting your teeth kicked in. So, after the game, our our coach goes, "You we're not we're not done." I go, "What what what's going on here?" So we start running around this complex, running around the complex, 
we had a senior on the team, I think, who was seeing like visions of like the the Blessed Virgin Mary. This guy was like going in a heat stroke. He looked like he was going to die. So we worked out maybe for another like six or seven hours after after getting our fucking clocks cleaned. So you know, you know, sweet Lou, sweetness. His buddy was a pitcher on Westchester, and and we get in the vans, we get in the vans, and Lou texts his his boy who's a pitcher at Westchester, and he goes. We just got done. And Lou's boy texts him back, done what? <laughs> and he's like, we just left the field. And he's like, you got to be fucking kidding me. So we get our clocks clean. We're at the field for eight hours after the game doing fucking calisthenics. People like working out so they puke. We finally are ready for dinner. The game started like 9 a.m. We're finally ready for dinner. Where do we go? We go directly from the field. We're sweating our balls off. Been out in the sun all day baking. We go to Golden Corral. Golden Corral. And guys are eating and walking outside and immediately puking like the bushes. It was one of the most embarrassing, disgusting days of my life. I've never felt like so embarrassed. There's like older couples walking in and you got like our third baseman in the bushes just yakking balls. Dude, that's brutal. And for the record, um, <laughs> for the for the record, uh, the the coach will be at the wedding, correct? <laughs> we'll be there. We'll be there. Last last wedding he was at with one of his players, he uh, he he got cut off at the bar, and proceeded the bar to tell the bartender, "Fuck you! I know the groom." <laughs> Sounds like a real piece of work. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, he didn't order order the seafood option. I, I, I don't know if there if there was one, but hopefully not. Um, yeah, does that does that count as embarrassing? Does that does that work? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you felt embarrassed, like you said, like my stories were, you know, they're normal normal trials and, and tribulations of of playing sports and, and losing it and everything like that. But like, I just try to think about how I felt in the moment. Like that's that's kind of how I try to answer the question. Now I'll add, I'll add one more quickly and shout out to my brother. I talked about, uh, I talked about how like I'm the crier of the family or was, and yeah, there were a lot of tears and losses. And when you played like shit and everything, like not the best sport, uh, at a young age and things like that. my brother, my brother was never like that. I mean, I'm, I'm still the, the crier of the family to this day, but he he played. Uh, this was like an in-house, like middle school basketball game, and I'm there with either my mom or my dad, and we're just you know it's a week night. We're watching my bro, and they they come out of halftime, and my brother I guess is uh, is receiving the inbounds pass to to be the point guard and bring the ball up the floor, right? So uh, both teams uh, are on the one side of the floor. And then you have the guy inbounding the ball to my brother, and my brother gets gets the ball on the floor, the half of the floor that's empty, and he turns and runs to the hoop on that side of the floor and puts in a layup, and it's two points for the other team. And this is like again, like grade school. So, so like he he was in that like I was embarrassed for him when that happened. That was uh, that that was a tough one. I like I've never seen my my big bro like too too rattled. Like even when we were young and. He, he was rattled. That was really tough. It happens, man. You know what I mean? It's like, 
at the end of the day, these guys, these guys who are pro athletes who are making tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars, make bonehead decisions in the biggest games, in the biggest moments. And it's like, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess hopefully I have this attitude if and when the grenade fucks up, but like, who gives a shit? Honestly, like you got rocked in little league baseball. Who fucking cares? You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's uh failure is uh it's learning and everything. I mean, if you watch that, that full swing, we'll, we'll get to that in a, in a little bit, but uh, obviously on a much larger scale for these, these professionals and they, they have people that are, that are rooting for them and, and everything. But at the end of the day, it's uh pretty minute, minute part of life, but let's move along. We got one more uh, question, um, but it's from the spot in the shade line, which can be reached at two one five three eight five five one six four. Leave a message with whatever you've got. We'll play it. We'll address it. Uh, on the next podcast, let's see what we've got tonight. What up, G? What up, Bomb? Just wanted to call in, say great work covering both college and the NFL this season. As we have a change in the season coming up and we're getting into golf here, I figured I'd have a golf-related question for you guys. So first, wanted to know your guys' favorite and least favorite holes at the Lou some of the reasons why that may be, whether it be layout, personal experience, or just any sort of general feel on those holes. And then as a bonus item, uh, seeing as I'll be invited many times this season to the Lou, was curious what the best food item is within the clubhouse. So I'll hang up and listen. Thanks, guys. Wow. Invited many times this season to the Lou. I mean, without a doubt. That, that, that'll be done, but f- favorite, least favorite hole at the Lou. I'd have to, for favorite, I'm going to go least favorite first, all right? I'm going to go least favorite hole at the Lou first, and I'm going to go with number 17. Uh, it's a dead straight par five uphill. It's pretty tough to get home in two uh, if you're a hack like myself, uh, but it's just given me so much trouble over the years. You, you, there's out of bounds right off the tee. Uh, if you go left off the tee, there's trees blocking you out. Uh, so unless nobody's playing hole 14 and, and you take it up the hole beside 17, like you're you're in a lot of trouble. It's hard it's hard to get back over. There's bunkers halfway up on both sides. Um, I've I've never really hit the ball right until I started playing number 17 at the Lou. It plays long, and then even when you hit the first two pretty good, the the third shot is tough because the green is shaped like, I would say, an R, but like the opposite of an R. So, like an R faces right, you know, the shape of the letter, like it faces, the screen faces left, and other than the the bottom of the letter, I would say, uh, the rest of the green is surrounded by traps. So you have to be pretty, um, pretty accurate, with, with that approach shot, uh, whether it's your third shot, uh, whether you're like me and it's your sixth shot and you're trying to save a double. Uh, but that hole's just given me so much trouble uh, over the years and, and during my time at the Lou. And we're talking about Lulu Country Club. Uh, great spot, great course, Glenside, PA. But I'd have to go with 17. I'm not sure I've ever birdied it. Maybe a handful of pars. 
Um, I think I've had to pick up there on my 11th shot before in the greenside bunker. Uh, so that, that would have to be my least favorite. Um, but 13 is tough. Uh, clubhouse on the side. Five is the number one handicap. That's a tough hole, but it, that's it's a fun hole. Uh, my favorite hole on the golf course, I would have to go, and I don't know why, because it's not an easy hole. It's not a terribly tough hole. But I'd have to go with number 14, uh, the hole that you could play up 17 if you're going the other direction. But uh, 14 is a relatively short par four. Um, you know, not too short, but not too long. It's gettable and too good drive and maybe a wedge. And, uh, yeah, a little, little dog leg left, a uh, big humpback green. But it's it's I like the hole because if you hit a good drive, you got you got an easy chip on. And it's also like my favorite stretch. It starts my favorite stretch of the golf course. You get done 13, toughest hole in the back. 14, hit a good drive, you're cooking. Then you got 15, which is a, a short par three, and 16 is a short par four, which is gettable. So I, I like 14 because like I feel like if I can play well on 14 and I'm feeling good about myself, you can you can put a couple holes together even if you're a stiff like myself. So least favorite, I'd go 17. Favorite, I'd go 14. Bomb. curious to hear what you've got here. Yeah, um, my least favorite is kind of a, in my opinion, a hole not too many people have trouble with. But for whatever reason, I, I can't tell you the last time I made par there, and it's it's eleven. Um, you know, you come off that par five, and you have this kind of like weird uphill short par four, but it plays uphill, and there's really nowhere to land the ball in the fairway unless you hit it like dead straight. If you hit it left, you're like blocked out by these trees. You can't really approach the green. You're, you're either hitting a hero shot or you're just trying to play it right, leaving yourself a little chip shot before you hit on the green. And then depending where those pins are, man, I mean, pin in the front and you hit the center of the green. Now you're putting downhill and it's a bender. Pin in the back and and, you, and you're trying to hit something to a pin. You're flying the green. You are fucked. That hole, uh, for whatever reason, just... Gives me a lot of trouble. I, I I think I have to rethink how I play it and just try to try to hit a, hit a big draw or a hook like up the right side, like to the right of those bunkers. Um, maybe play it in 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 the other fairway. But yeah, that that's a, that's a hole that's that causes a lot of trouble when it really shouldn't because the approach shot in generally is going to be one fifty or less. Yeah, you got to be like the righties and just play it into. Uh... Played in the eight fairway there. I feel like that's that's the popular move. I think that's the move. In terms of favorite, I mean, I like a lot of different holes at that course. Um, I mean, I could give you kind of the bullshit. Oh, I had a I had an ace on twelve, but frankly, you know, that, that was the first time I like got in for anything below par there in quite some time. I had some trouble with that hole leading up to that day. Um, I'm gonna give you sixteen. Because you can kind of wail on that driver. Um, you blow it right, you got to look. You blow it left, you got to look. I like the green complex. Like, it's kind of small. It's undulated. It slopes. I think it makes for some pretty interesting pin locations. Um, and if and if you blow it over the green, you're chipping up onto the green. You know, even the bunker is not really much trouble because, like, who really leaves it short on an approach shot there? So... I like 16 because, you know, if you if you par that and you're having a good day, 
you know, then you head into that shit show that is 17 that you just mentioned. I mean, you say nobody's ever hit it short into the, the front trap at 16, but I just did it the other day. Uh, but now <laughs> I, li- I like 16 too. I like uh, honorable and en- honorable mention for me would have to be number eight too. number eight, the, the down into the punch bowl. That's, that's a good hole. If you, if you pump a drive down there, um, that's a good one to, to try to throw one on, on the flat surface there. So, uh, in terms of, in terms of the pub grub, um, I mean, I've been there a lot lately. We have we're doing simulator league on Thursday nights. Some, we're playing cards in the off season. We got a couple rounds in this weekend, so I've been eating over there, and it's uh, all, all the grub is good. Um, honorable mention would have to be the, the the boneless chicken wings. I got the mango habanero with you the other day, bomb. But I think you know, gun to head, you, you had to go one meal there right now. I'd have to go with the chicken quesadilla. Uh, it's it's fire, and they give you this uh, this spicy like chipotle sauce that that goes with it. They give you the sour cream, sour cream, the guac, uh, fries. That's uh, that's that's got to be my go-to at the club. Yeah, I can't disagree with you there. That's that's a good option. Um, you know, recently I've been on, maybe not recently, but you know, a few weeks ago to a few months ago, I've been on the full like dinner kick you know what I mean less less of like the sandwich less of the uh you know the apps and like full-blown dinner I had a uh basically a full-blown turkey dinner there uh you know a few months ago which was which was delightful with the the cranberry and the whole thing um so I'm gonna I'm gonna give I'm gonna give that I'm gonna give an honorable mention to the chicken pot pie which is like a spin on a chicken pot pie and that it's not really a pie, but they had this like kind of like almost like a, it comes in almost like a, it looks like a boat. And then, and then they put the, you know, the, the, the top crusty layer on the top. Very good. Very good. But I think, you know, in terms of just your pure, I want to be a slob throw some back and uh, you know, and watch college football. Uh, it's, yeah, I think you're right. It's the quesadillas. Yeah, shout out Chef Daryl, man. He gets it. He gets it cooking up there. Um, I haven't gone on the the full blown dinner like you, but that's a good pull. Yeah, great, great people up there. Great, great staff. Um, you know, it's it's a great place to be. It's a it's a second home for me. Like you, you get treated well. People are polite. The service is good. You, you don't get that a lot of places these days anymore. It's hard hard to believe. Uh, kind of unfathomable, but. Uh, don't forget, you can follow us on Instagram at Thoughts from the Shade and on Twitter at TFTS Pod. Let's move along uh, to an old segment. We're going to make it a more regular segment, and we're both going to do it. It's Bone to Pick of the Week. Bob, why don't you lead us off? This, was, this has always been your segment. Um, I'm I'm going to join the fun here for the off season, uh, but but I mean you 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 always hit this one out of the park. So I'll throw it over to you, and we'll get to a more you know more uh, current event Philly sports uh, topic for your bone to pick. Look, you know me, right? Baseball hasn't started yet. Football's ended. Um, hockey. Uh, who even knows, right? Who the hell even knows what's going on? Uh, so here we are in the doldrums of winter. We're waiting for college basketball, and it's the NBA All-Star festivities weekend. 
And I have to sit here and hear and watch and listen these to these absolute assholes make fools out of themselves talking about Mac McClung, who was what, on a fucking 10-day contract. I mean, they lowered the rims to nine feet. He threw a fucking Sixers jersey on. And now we're celebrating this guy as if, like, he's Andre Iguodala or or one, one of the other greats that never led us anywhere. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable to me, G. Well, I, what I just don't understand is, like, like, sure, that the performance can be impressive, um, but, like, how can we claim the guy? I and you mentioned 10-day contract. It might be a two-way contract. He might be back with the uh, 87ers. And then and then you have, like, the national people. Oh, we got the 50, man, and he brought the dunk contest back. He saved the dunk contest like he was fucking Vince Carter in 2001. Like, who, who the fuck is this guy? Well, that's what I would challenge Sixers fans with. They know nothing about this guy. I watched him for how many years at Texas Tech, okay? How many years did they watch him at Texas Tech? And all of a sudden, he throws a fucking Sixers jersey on. And we're, I saw somebody putting a meme together that he's like, he's like the, chi- the, the guy on the pier eating the chicken after the, after the Phillies lost. Oh, come, come one, come on. Watch me devour a rotisserie chicken on the side of a fucking pier. And they're like, oh, yeah, we had Chicken Man when the Phillies lost, and we got Mac McClung bringing home the, the dunk contest. First sixer to do it. He's not a sixer. The guy's basically, he, dude, it would be like if, uh, you know, someone, someone hired me. You know, I could go out to, like, Mattress Factory and slap a big fucking outfit on and wave a sign. And all of a sudden, like, I, I'm, like, the greatest employee of all time. I've been there for two minutes. Yeah, it's... I don't know. Maybe they we need things to like lighten up after after the Super Bowl loss, but like that just ain't it for me. And like Twitter's blowing up. People are making jokes of of the people uh, using the videos from like the Phillies uh, celebrations in the streets with the red and the blue. And they're like, "Oh, it's a parade for Mac McClung." Shut the fuck up! Like, come on, man. Like, I just I can't do it. We just lost the Super Bowl. We just blew the fucking Super Bowl, and not even a week removed, we get we get some. Some kid, and, and I'm not trying to discredit Mac McClung himself by any means, but like we we just get some guy that nobody knows anything about. Oh, you don't know him because you're a casual. Yeah, well, I don't really care whether I know him or not. Like he's not gonna be a player on this team. He's not gonna make the team any better. He's not gonna be part of any historic run or, or championship run. And we're, we're we're gonna claim this guy. And we're gonna celebrate him for an entire weekend because of a, a like a, a dunk contest. It's that like. I don't think we're in Negadelphia. I just can't talk. Like, we we don't have a bullshit tolerance here. Yeah, and I I appreciated this city when it was Negadelphia. Now it's like, dude, it's like a mental illness. So I I turned on 97.5. I mean, shame on me for listening to these assholes uh, after after the Super Bowl loss. And I I heard one of their major hosts. I'm not going to call them out or anything. Um, you know, who am I? I'm just a guy sitting here on a laptop with a microphone in front of me, right? But at the end of the day, this is such an asinine fucking take, it has to be called out. He's on the radio talking about how Philadelphia fans have to stop settling for less than championships. As if, like, we woke up on Super Bowl Sunday and said, you know what? You know what, JG? Don't get a fucking stop in the second half. We don't want it. We don't want it. 
we 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 don't we don't demand enough from our franchises. That this is this is this is what this guy's talking about. And gee, what is he what does he end it with? Uh, actually, not Sixers fans. Sixers fans aren't the, aren't like that. You're right, asshole. They've tolerated a decade of intentional fucking losing. Ten years out of a 75-year fucking life. Basically one-seventh of your fucking life. Losing. And they don't tolerate this. They don't tolerate going to the NBA Finals and losing because they demand more. Shut the fuck up! Yeah, they, they, they demand uh, guys on two-way contracts throwing on a jersey and winning the dunk contest. That's that's what they demand. Am I crazy? They, they, demand, they demand Joel Embiid get more MVP votes, but not that he gets out of the second round. It's a disgrace. Joe, Joe. And then, how about the Twitter thing somebody sent us? Which one, if you had to only take two, which one would you take? And it's an image of Jalen Hurts, who, who almost won you a Super Bowl, second in the MVP. Bryce Harper, who sent you to the fucking World Series and is a two-time NL MVP. And Joel fucking Embiid. Get the fuck out of here. You're right. It is a, It is kind of a sickness, man. Like, I don't know. I, I don't... I don't have time for it. And like, I, I'm not, you know, we, we kill people on the podcast and stuff and like, yeah, we have jobs. And like, I try to try to get the clicks going on the socials and, and post more and feed the algorithm and shit. But like some of the nonsense that's out there, it's like not even worth my time. It's not, you know, when you talk to somebody in the real world, it's not worth your breath. It's not worth my fucking thumbs on, on the social media with some of this nonsense. <laughs> it's so true. It, it's it's a fucking joke, but I'll get to my bone. Uh, we talked about the weather this weekend. We talked about playing golf. I texted you. I played Monday, President's Day, uh, just like a lot of our presidents like to do. They like to play golf. Some of them uh, like to drive on the green. I don't know what that's about. But um, so I, I played golf Monday and uh, play play with a few fellas I know. Played with a few fellas that I didn't know. And, uh, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't mean to get personal. I'm not going to name names. You know, I talked about the Buffalo Bills fan a couple months ago that I got paired up with on a Friday when everyone else is working. So we, we get these two guys, uh, that, that I don't know. And you know, their, their game is, is not great. My, my game's not great, but I, I can get around. Their game was a little, a little worse than mine, but it's not really about, about the game. Um, you know, one guy was getting very frustrated. Um, my buddy said, you know, potentially he might need to see a therapist after this round of golf. Uh, but, but then we had this other fella. Um, and he he was slapping it around, uh, and, and he was a good sport. This guy was a good sport. He was the worst golfer, best sport. Um, he picked his ball up. He he, he kept playing. He, he got off the green. Um, at times, other times, we had these guys playing like mini putt, you know, while we're, we're playing a match and, and lining up putts. But – it is what it is. This guy was a good sport, but this is the guy I got the bone to pick with. So he's he's all day he's he's you know slapping like this fat four hybrid off the tee. You know he's he's pumping a couple. We're pumping him up. He, he maybe hit you know a handful of good shots all day, and you, you give him the good shot, and the rest are a struggle. But like I said, he's a good sport. So he's playing a yellow ball. He puts that in the street. He's playing an orange ball. That one disappears, and then he's he's got this. This light blue ball. I mean, you would have thought the guy was either a regular and, and, and stole something or was an employee at Pirate Island Golf down in Sea Isle with the, the <laughs> rainbow-colored balls that he had out on the golf course here. So we get to 16T, and uh, 
he he blasts he blasts the 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 baby blue ball into the road into tw- twinning road or twining road whatever it is there at the loo, um, and then then we're on we're on like sixteen green or seventeen t and and he sh- shows me the ball in his hand and it's tailor made and then on the side it's got like the three black stripes on it and he's like yeah I just grabbed a couple of these uh, these balls from the uh, the practice green on my way around 13 and 14, you know, just throw them in my bag. Cause that blue one was the last that I had. So, you know, I, I didn't say anything to the guy. I laughed. He, he, I mean, he was a funny guy, very, very funny guy. And for, for as poor as his golf game was, it was not a hassle to play with or anything, but just kind of a goober. And, but then he, he, he pulls that and, and the fucking practice green has a tarp on it right now. But you know, when you play thirteen or fourteen at the low, you can you can pump your ball near that practice screen, no doubt. And this this guy showed me, yeah, I, gra- I grabbed a couple of these these practice balls. They're 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 range balls that are sitting out there, and he's throwing them in the bag and using them on the course. And I I think that's where I had to draw the line. I I couldn't say anything to the guy, but it, it's certainly bone worthy, and I had to bring it to the pod. But lo and behold, we go up seventeen, my least favorite hole mentioned earlier. And on the right side of 17, as you get past the driving range, you get closer to hitting your third shot. There's like houses on the other side of the fence or houses that are knocked down. So I guess, you know, it's winter. Everything's dead. Trees are dead. Plants are dead. So there's a bunch of balls in the right rough on 17 that people must have thrown back over from the dead areas that they, you know, threw over the fence, the the residents. So we're we're driving up, and he had just told me about the range balls, and I said, I said, "Yo, buddy, there's a bunch of balls over here. Go pick these up." <laughs> he hightails it in the cart. He hightails it in the cart. He's he's picking up balls. I, I think I made his day, but it was uh, it's just funny, man. Like I'll kill that Buffalo Bills guy. This 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 guy was a good sport, but I I, I draw the line. That's a total bone to pick. He can't be taking range balls or balls from a practice screen and, and throwing them in your bag. Like, and 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 I'm. You know, I'm not a stickler about balls. Like, if I find something in the woods, it's playable. It's got a tiny scuff. I'll play it. I'll play whatever, as long as it's not like a max fly or a ping pong ball. But you know, you, you can't be taking taking the range balls. And then we we're, we're on 18, and, and and the serious guy who's ha- having having a tough day and really giving it to himself. I mean, he hits one behind the clubhouse. He's up next to a generator. There's people's cars parked out out behind the clubhouse, most likely employees, and, and he's playing it hitting it like directly adjacent to, to where the whole, it was, it was a, uh, it, it was a show for sure. But, but yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, you've seen, you've seen some of these characters. There's it maybe more I could, I could do to, to kill the guys. And if they're listening, you know, we, we had a good time. I, I appreciate you, but, uh, tell a friend five stars, but listen, pal, get rid of those range balls. Yeah. So that that's that's my bone to pick of the week. Just a couple uh couple of characters out out on the tracks. Um, we'll move on. Last segment of the night and, and debut of this segment. So, little background quickly. I just threw it out to some some followers, some listeners, some friends. Like, hey guys, we gotta we gotta have some more fun with the show off season. You know, we can't go in depth on Sixers and Phillies every episode. We Got to got to loosen it up a little bit, lighten it up. Like, what's a good idea for a segment? And shout out to this loyal listener. Knows who he is. He's a spot in the shade caller, time to time. And he, he said, "How about you know, you guys are are often giving out flowers on the pod." 
So happy to do like a flower segment, like flower of the week. And I'm, I, I got to take the credit for, for the name of the segment, but we're going to go with flower hour. So every week we're going to have a bone to pick of the week. We're going to have flower hour, you know, so one, one negative, but we're going to end it with flower hour and be positive, give flowers to someone or something uh, that stood out to us uh, in the last week. Uh, and Bob, I'll throw it back to you to kick off the debut of flower hour on TFTS. Before I even give you my debut flower hour, I think the funniest part about this segment is that the whole giving of the flowers thing was like originally a joke. Like you, you remember that, right? Like was it was it who who was it that was the original flower flower guy? Was it Darius Slay, or was it uh was it Jalen Rager? Like I, I said, he couldn't get his flowers if he, he went to Produce Junction, which that's where yeah, I went to get was- my my fiance or Valentine's flowers. Great flowers there, good spot. There was something where we were killing somebody and like somebody's it, it was it was something in the news. It was like Darius Slay or somebody or you know, give him his flowers, give him his flowers. And we were like, I'll give you fucking flowers. So here we are with <laughs> so, flower hour. Yeah, so it, it can be a it can be a sarcastic flower, like a shove it flower, but you know, we we get into a lot of people and we we gotta do something positive sometimes too. I'll give you a debut flower hour. Um, and it's a guy with some power. Flower hour with power. Wow. It's Schwarbaum. It's Kyle Schwarber. Um, we killed the Eagles. We even killed the Phillies for like the bullshit dreams and nightmares stuff. Like Meek Mill getting trotted out, like any chance they could. And I think the Eagles finally got the hint when they brought out Uzi. Right after five years, they finally decided to change the song. Enough of this dreams and nightmares shit. We've had enough. And they asked Schwarber, you know, what about dancing on my own? Are we expecting to hear more of that this year? And what does the guy say? He goes, "New year, new song." As far as I'm concerned, that's a second place song. I love it. It's just that simple. It's associated with that team. We don't need to keep it going. It's over. Move on, find something new. So I got to give my flowers to Schwarber this week. Yeah, totally love that. Uh, of course, you know, of course, it's John Clark down there, the the one on one hitting him with that question, John, Johnny Airport. And, and and by the way, like I, you know, we kill the media, I kill the radio. I don't think there's a guy I respect more than John Clark. That guy is everywhere, and he's always asking the right questions. Yeah, he. Uh... He he kills it. You're right. He's he's everywhere. He's uh he's plugged in and he's he's uh dapping it up with the boys. I see I see some people that kill him on Twitter, but uh so, somebody's got to do the job and and he does it. I mean, I I think I'd take that job. Get to talk to the players and travel around and be in Clearwater instead of fucking Philadelphia right now. But uh, I have to give my flowers on this debut and um. We're going to go a little off the grid, and I think this is a good kind of preview of you know some of the directions we could head uh, with with these segments uh, in the off season here. But I'm just going to go to to television, right? We we lost the Super Bowl. I was hungover as hell on Monday. I was miserable. I couldn't rewatch the game. Um, and and where do you have to turn? Like not just because the Eagles lost the Super Bowl, but because football is over. Like. College has been over for a bit, but but Sunday, you could always count on Sunday. You can always count on Sunday till February. 
Not anymore. And it, it just hits you like a ton of bricks. It's gone. And it hurts. But the TV, the the lineup of stuff we have on TV right now is fantastic. And first, you got to shout out uh, the Golf World and, and Full Swing and Netflix for, for that production. That came out, I believe, last Tuesday or last Wednesday, just days after the Super Bowl. They knew exactly what the fuck they were doing. And it was genius. It was a great watch. I don't know. We don't have to dive all the way in. I, I don't know if everybody's through it. It's only been a few days, but I, I'm all the way through it, and it, it was awesome. It, it was a great watch. Uh, my fiance watched it with me. She loved it. You know, she she's getting teary eyed about these stories. I'm getting teary eyed about some of these stories. Uh, you know, we're t- saying who we like. There was winners. There was losers, and it was just great coverage um, to see, like, you know, inside the life of, of these guys and the day-to-day and the travel and the, the drama of the golf world last year was a fantastic watch. Um, but what else came out recently? Uh, Full Swing, we had uh, The Last of Us on HBO, Bomb. I don't know if you're watching that. Uh, it's a, a apocalyptic or, or pandemic-y. I don't know if you, if you can throw that word around these days. Um, you know, people compare it to The Walking Dead, but it's based off a video game, The Last of Us. Uh I think there's five or six episodes out right now on HBO. Fantastic watch. Uh, I'm loving that. This episode last week, it stabs you in the heart. It turns the knife. It rips it out. It patches you up, and then it does it again. It has you on the edge of your seat. Uh, Suspense, you know, character, good plot, stories, great show. And then uh, I also have to say, like, I don't know if you watched that creepy-ass show You on Netflix, but that just came out with a fourth season, first half. This this creepy-ass guy that stalks people and ends up having to kill people for whatever reason, just covering his tracks, everything he's doing. But um, a character I really didn't like in previous seasons is finally done, and I enjoyed the first first five eps uh, of season four of You. So big shout-out to TV getting us through you know, the off-season blues, the initial blow of the off-season blues here. Damn, G. Mikey Netflix, bro. Yeah, man. That's all we got. I mean, I I, I know you're 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 akin to, to maybe a little YouTube, maybe a 1999 Eagles, Eagles <laughs> game, you know, checking out <laughs> Donovan McNabb's rookie film or uh, how, you know, some, some old games at the vet. How dumb am I to vet. watch that? Oh, my God. <laughs> But yeah, man, you you got to take a load off, get get your mind off things. I mean, I, I love I, I I love football season, but it, it, it's a fucking grind. It's a sludge. It's it's a lot of watching. All you see is those white lines and that green turf and the, and bodies flying. It's it's a beautiful thing, but when you get to the end, it 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 hits you quick, and you you need something to pick you up. So I just gotta I gotta give a shout out to to the TV world come, coming through clutch at the end of football season. Yeah, I know. I know you're not a huge fan, but I just we just buzzed through uh, White Lotus season one and two, and um, yeah, I'm not going to give any spoilers, but I think it came out a while ago. But that is one of the most bizarre TV shows like I've ever watched. It's like strange. Oh, it's I watched I watched season one. I thought it was strange. I didn't really think much happened. Um, I was kind of always waiting for more, and then I, I I told you before we we hit record tonight. Like I watched one or two of season two and it was more of the same vibe and I'm like I can't I can't do this anymore like I need some action I need some suspense just nothing happening but then everyone's like oh season two was so much better just keep going just keep going so where do you stand on, on season two was it better 
Uh, I think I like season two better, but it was like even weirder. And like, I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I know it's HBO, but like the whole idea of like sitting there and talking with like coworkers and, you know, people you work with about like a TV show where there's like full frontal dong seems a little odd to me. Like, <laughs> like, like there's like legitimate like dick in the show. It's like, what, are, what I could do without that. Like, can we leave something in the imagination? You're sitting here. There's like eight, seven or eight episodes and like nothing happens during eight episodes. But like the one thing they show on camera is like, dong. It's like, I, I just don't need that. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I mean, it's like an interesting show. I, you know, it's kind of like intriguing. But like some of the stuff that they do, it's just like way too grotesque for me. It's like, what, 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 are, we, what are we doing right here? Like, I, you know, I unplugged. I'm done work. I worked all day. I want to unplug, watch something entertaining. Like, I just don't need to be confronted with that. You don't, you don't need to be donged after a long day at work. That's right. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, not. I don't know if I'll go back. We'll see. We'll see. I, I feel like once I give up and I throw in the towel, I, I throw in the towel. But I, w- I will give a shout-out to your boy. Your boy, Chip, gave me one of the best rules for, for TV viewing, the three-episode rule. You can't give up on a show until you watch three episodes. You got to give it three episodes. I think that's well, a great many, rule. I really do. How many Texans games did he watch this year? Was it three? <laughs> Shout I, out to Chip. He I, didn't watch. I, I, I dog our boy Chip. It ain't right what I do to him, but I had to slip that in. He didn't watch one Texans game, or he probably watched the Thursday night game the Eagles played, and that's probably about it. I like that rule. That's a good rule. Yeah, man, it's... It's it's fair and honest. That's that's just try to, ch- how we try to be here on the pod. But uh, any anything else you want to get to tonight? Can can I ask you on air? Are we gonna have you next week? I have uh, I have some 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 travel uh for early next week, so might be a little tight. But I got I gotta know. Or you know, it's the time is the clock is really ticking. Is bomb available next week? And if not, it's okay. It's totally okay. But we just need to know. Yeah, early next week I'll be available. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to drop. I'm ready to drop. I'm ready to. I'll be there for the people. All right. Well, if uh, if there's a change in plans or a change in schedule next week, then uh, might have to blame me. But that's life. That's that's life of a of a nine to five or want to be podcaster. But that's that's what we are. Um, well, thank everybody for listening. Um, with Menard Premium Detailing. And, uh, yeah, like you said, if you're enjoying the show, share it, follow on the socials, five stars, all that good stuff. Hope this episode finds you well. Have a great week. Take care. <laughs>